Hello everyone, this is Michael from Kendo World and welcome to the latest edition of Ked Talk. Today, uh, we're very lucky to be joined by Lena Maziz from France. Uh, Lena has been practicing Kendo since she was 12 years old, I believe, uh, and is also the current Taisho and captain of the victorious French women's team at the recent World, uh, European Kendo Championships. So today we're going to be talking to her about her Kendo career, uh, her time in the French national team, and also she has spent time studying in Japan as well. So Lena, welcome to Ked Talk. Hi everyone. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy that you could join us. It's uh, 9 p.m. where we are in, well, where I am in Japan at the moment. And is it two in the afternoon in France? Yes, it is. Uh, how's the weather been in Paris today? Well, it's a very sunny day, so we're lucky. Well, we had a very nice start to the morning, which was fantastic when I went to Kendo with my kids, a nice hot sunny day. Then the heavens opened for an hour or so in the in the afternoon. And now it's boiling hot again at night. So it's, it's been a good day so far. So uh, I suppose let's let's start at the beginning. So as I mentioned before in your introduction that you started Kendo at the age of 12, uh, what was it that first got you to go to the dojo? Um, when I was younger, I, I had practiced judo. But um, I have to admit that I got bored, and so I stopped. But uh, I still was interested in martial arts. And um, in 2005, 2006, uh, when I was like um, 10 or 11 years old, uh, with my family, we moved from the city where we used to live to another city, the city of Maison-Alfort, in the Paris suburb. And uh, the judo club there was very strong, very competitive. So my mother asked me if I wanted to start back judo. And uh, at that time, I had no idea that kendo was a kind of a confidential uh, uh, martial art. I thought that kendo was very popular and that I would find a kendo jo everywhere. So I told her, no, I'd like to practice kendo instead. And uh, maybe that was uh, destiny because indeed there was a kendojo in this city, and this is how I started. So, what kept you going then? Um, was, was it kind of love at first sight, I suppose, with kendo? Uh, so, in the dojo, there was Naginata and Kendo. Uh, um, so, both would practice at the same time, only we would divide the dojo in two parts. And uh, what's very cute so, the kendo sensei is Eric Amo. Uh, the son of Claude Amo, and the Naginata Sensei is uh, Eric's wife, uh, Cécile oh. Amo. So okay. yeah, it's a, it's a lovely story. And uh, yeah, my, my mother was more like, uh, why don't you try Naginata? Because um, it was practiced by women. And in the um, kendo club, there was no girl at all and no girl, no, no one of my age. I was the only um, teenager uh, at the time. And uh, still, I thought, no, uh, after watching and trying, it seems to me that kendo is more fun for me. So, yeah, I'm going to stick to kendo. And uh, yeah, I, that's what I did. So you, your parents, it seems, then were quite, kind of quite keen for you to get involved in martial arts. Did, did they have experience in judo or something else as well? My father used to practice karate in Algeria. So both my parents are Algerians. They're born and raised over there. And um, my father came uh, to France for... Uh, to study here. Uh, my mother joined him afterwards. They got married and I'm the eldest. Uh, we're four children and the four of us were born in France, raised in France. Uh, so yeah, he, he practiced karate when he was in Algeria, but since he arrived in France, he never practiced any kind of martial arts. And my mother, she, she was more into, we would practice some sport. Was didn't necessarily need to be martial arts. Right, right. Uh, my sister practiced Naginata, actually, um, so in the same dojo, but uh, one of my brother, he plays water polo, and the other one uh, practices uh, French fencing. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had any challenge with, with one of your brothers then, like kendo versus fencing? They tried kendo a little bit, um, and they, they were good at it, actually, but, yeah, it was a lot... 
uh, they couldn't do everything at the same time, so they made their choices. But we never did um, crossover of uh, French fencing versus uh, kendo fight. <laughs> Unfortunately, if um, if we have the chance, I'll definitely let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now and again, there's, there's someone pops up on Facebook. I've seen little clips from a dojo somewhere in America. I think it is. Um, in a kendo dojo, someone trying to, to fight with them at, at fencing. I actually believe that there was, um, or there is still a, a Hanchi Hachidan from Kanagawa Prefecture where I live. I believe he was also, Kobayashi Sensei, also an Olympic level fencer for the Japan wow. team, I believe. And then, of course, there's in, in America many years ago, um, Tarao Mori Sensei who was also uh, a fencing instructor in, in the U.S. as well as Japan, I believe, as well. So there's kind of a bit of a link there between kendo and fencing, I guess. So we said that you started kendo about the age of 12, and then you became a member of the, national, the French national team. It was only five years after that? Um, I have joined the national group, national team group, in September uh, 2011 so yeah five years after that before before that um i was member of the national youth group so the juniors of the national team they practice um well uh, between them with uh, another coach uh, junior national team coach uh, at that time uh, the coach head coach was uh, romain blachon who uh played um, a very big part um, in, in, in my story. So he was, he still is a great person. He's no longer national team youth coach, but yeah, he invited me to join those um, trainings. Uh, that's how I got uh, into uh, the group. And uh, yeah, th there is the idea that while you practice in the youth group, in the juniors group, you're getting prepared for the next step, which is the uh, senior national team. So uh, of, I, like, there's another question, like uh, what was your competition history before you became a national team member? So yeah, I, I took part in uh, the youth um, uh, championships and uh, I, I won French national chips two times in 2010 and 2011. I got uh, first, uh, third place in 2009 and at that time, Romain Blachon, uh, yeah, he told me, uh, what about you come and join the trainings? So um, it's it definitely uh, uh, influenced uh, my kendo, my level, and that's uh, thanks to him and uh, his staff that I could, uh, in 2011, uh, of course, my sensei of the dojo, definitely, uh, but I could join in 2011 the national team group. So at that time, it was, I was in B team. I was not a selected member right, right. Uh, of A team. So 2011-2012, it was uh, Novara World Championships year. And uh, so I waited a little bit. I, I had to, to yeah, prove things. And I got selected for the first time in 2015 for Tokyo World Championships. That's right. Yeah, Tokyo. And so you went to the World Champs in Tokyo and... Korea, 2018. Yes, exactly. So going back then, just, just for a little bit to the, the junior setup, were there many competitions at that level, like within France or within Europe, um, for the junior type teams? So I think it's changing because it, it seems that there are more uh, competitions for juniors now than, a, than I had uh, when I was a teenager because uh, at my time, there was like the national championships, French national championships. Um, before then, we had in Paris uh, the La Coupe de Paris Jeune. So it's a open uh, tournament. Uh, but yeah, mainly people from Paris and Parisian area, Paris area would uh, take part. Um, in French Open, Open de France, there was also a junior category in individuals and teams at the time. Uh, but I don't think um, it's still uh, the case. I think we don't do, do no longer have junior categories in French Open. But yeah, uh, from what I remember, and of course regional champ, like 
every category that you have in the national champ, you would have it in the regional mm. because um, there's the selection. So yeah, I think that was it. There was a tournament in Amsterdam that uh, was kind of a uh, kind of a trial for the juniors team uh, to go there to get experience before going to the European Championships. I was uh, not a member of the junior team who took part uh, in the European Championships, so I, I did not uh, uh, participate in the in the Amsterdam uh, competition at the time. So, in in amongst that junior team, then or the French junior team, it, it was made clear to you and the other members that there is a definite path for you to go from that team into the into the full adult team yeah it's uh it's the motto it's like we're we're getting you ready we're getting you ready now and for what's next and um if if you keep going if you're motivated if you practice hard and um eventually you you would join the senior national team or at least at least the group then it, once you're in the group, of course, there are other steps in order to mm -hmm. become, like, to join the A team. But still, um, I think it's the system, in my opinion, is well constructed. Um, if if you if you take the advice, if you practice regularly, if, if you fit, then uh, that's yeah, that's the path. Okay. So it's made definitely clear to you then that this is the first step and yeah, you work hard, train hard enough and you can make the next step up. So for the, for the, the people that were with you at the same time, both the, maybe the boys and the girls in, in the youth team, have many of them that like the same age level as you or a little bit older, a little bit younger, have they all progressed into the, not the national team maybe, but the, the, the national group, the training group? Uh, well, Kei Ito is same age than me, so for example, he's a good, uh, he's a good reference, I believe. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, there was also Alice Michaud, who's uh, same age than us, and she was part of the French uh, ladies team uh, from 2013 European Championships in Berlin and retired after 2017 European Championships in Budapest. So, yeah, Alice Michaud is an example. Uh, same generation, I'm thinking like 1992 and 1993 people. Uh, who else is still here? Um, doesn't come to my mind very easily. So, so some of them did join the group and stopped afterwards. Right, right. Uh, so, in 1993, for example, we have uh, Thibaut Molezin who's the brother of Guillaume Molezin. Uh, so, yeah, they, they joined the group, and Guillaume Molezin, of course, was a A-team uh, member. There was also uh, Ines Loidi's younger brother. He's 1992. He was a junior um, team member, and he got into the group. But, yeah, then he decided to stop. So, yeah, people did come in the group, and then... Depending on uh, life choices, some stayed and some stopped. But most of the people in the, that are in the, the national team group, uh, do most of them come from the juniors or are there quite a lot that just joined that, that maybe start kendo after they're too old to become a junior member and go straight into the, 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 the adult group? So most of them did, uh, were juniors before. Right. There are exceptions, but uh, there are, I would say, great exceptions because right. of their level and uh, how how bright they've been and there still are. For example, uh, Jonathan Bertou, he wasn't a junior before. Uh, Alain Nicolas Dimeo, he wasn't a junior either. And among girls, Laure Rivoen, for example, who uh, had uh, two brilliant championships in 2017 and 2018, so it's not mandatory. Uh, and in the current team, Laurent Nicou. Laurent Nicou wasn't a, a junior, uh, or maybe he was, but I don't know that. Right, right, right. I would say I think he wasn't. So, yeah, there are a few examples of people who weren't uh, in the juniors group and did great. So it's not a requirement. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I guess then, yeah, it, it's, it's probably 
much more beneficial or much easier maybe to get into the national group if you've gone through the junior system. So in order to kind of keep that link between the juniors group and the, I suppose, the adults or the main group, are there any cross trainings between the two groups so the 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 full team members can 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 have a look at the younger members or the the full team manager can have a look at the younger members are there those type of activities yeah once a year um because so the french national championships gather once a month we practice once a month and um the national gathering uh, that's uh, that we have before the European Championships, the junior would join and we would practice together. So when I was member of the junior group, I took part uh, yeah, in this gathering. And now that um, I'm a senior group, I also uh, notice, of course, uh, that the juniors are here with us once a year. Do you, you think in your experience of being a junior and then now being a member of the full team that ha- having these, these younger ones there with you or when you were a junior and um, being able to see the, the full team, that was a, a, a good experience for you? It, it showed you what you needed to do? Yeah, it's, it was interesting, of course. Um, showed me what to do and also um, gave me even more motivation because I thought, yeah, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. So sometimes it's important because trainings are very hard and you need to, uh, you, you need to commit. And uh, any, any kind, any source of additional motivation is more than welcome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the memory I got from then. So you were then in with the junior team for about five years, was that right? Or Less than this, because, um, yeah, I think it was more um, two years and a half, I think. okay. Yeah. So how old were you then when you became part of the the full team group? Was that that, that 18, 17 or 18? I entered at 17, but um, soon after I got 18, so we can say 18, yeah. So I'm assuming then that you were by far the, the youngest in that team at that point? I was the youngest and I was very lucky because um, in the summer, right before joining, um, the French national team decided to send um, uh, 10 people, so five men and five women, uh, to to, take part in uh, the Hungary Cup in Budapest. So that was in 2011, and I was among the five girls. So for me, it was a a dream coming true. I thought, yeah, I'm not just joining. I'm joining, and it seems that I'm part of the project. They want me to get experience. So Mm. I I was really thrilled and uh, uh, happy. And uh, even though I didn't, yeah, I didn't... um, got selected uh, before 2015, there was other occasions like this, like uh, Alessandria tournament or other kind of open in Europe where the national team sent me to get experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, of course, my goal was to become an A-team member. But in the meantime, uh, I had the feeling that um, I I wasn't uh, ignored. I was part of the project. I was part of the team. I was given my chance. And it would only be in my hands to make it become true or not. Right, right. And uh, it's it's a very good management, I think. It's important because that's how, um, it's that mindset. Uh, all the coach always say the French national team, it's not only the 18 members, it's the whole group. We mm-hmm. train together, we practice together, we, we sweat together. So we all belong to the same organization. It's not just the five people who fight in the European Championships, not just the seven who go there. It's the whole group. The whole group is the national team. So yeah, that's, that's how I felt at the time. And I still believe it's true. So that's great. So this, you just mentioned a little while ago, the the Hungary Cup or the Budapest Cup? Yeah. Okay, so competitions like that that you said, there there were other ones that were not the EKC or the the WKC. 
for those competitions that the the French would send uh, a men's and women's team to, were those the, the A team fighters, or was it kind of maybe two or three of the A team members and two or three of the the junior members, or, or was it kind of more the B team type? Uh, type they player. would mix. Usually, they would try to mix. Um, yeah, to 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 have some balance. Mm, mm, mm. Um, even into so we I we did Hungary Cup in 2011. So at that time I was 17, and then we did it again in 2013. And in 2000, so in 2011, it was only for the girls, not for the guys, but for the girls, it was only. B team girls, but in 2013 it was a mix, and for the boys in 2011 it was only 18 members, I believe. Yeah, I think so. That's what I remember. But in 2013 they mixed too. Okay. So it also depends on the coaches, of course. They would make choices because it wasn't the same coach in 2011 and in 2013. Right, right. right. So yeah, it depends on the coaches, but usually. The vision is to, yeah, to help the BT members to get experience in order to prepare them in case they would become a AT members. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think um, sometimes they mix and sometimes they give chances to BT people. I think I remember one of these KED talks, we spoke to Christian Filippi from uh, Italy uh, several months ago now. And I think his first um, world champs was, I believe, 2003. And I think he, he said that that was his first big tournament and didn't do well in the first match. So got subbed out for the second match. And then the person that uh, replaced him didn't do well either so he ended up getting back into uh, the team and then and then did then did well um but it seems like the french team from what you've been telling me so far that there's there seems to be a real big effort and and a real clear plan for for the younger members to get a lot of valuable experience and then gradually build up their exposure to the to the to the, to the a team and to those people that are, i suppose they're senpai and and can learn from them. It seems like a really good setup, which is quite obvious it is because of the success that the, the, the French team have had in the EKC over not just this year, but many years as well. So that was the, the Buda, sorry, Budapest Cup or? Hungary Cup, I uh, think. Sorry, Hungary Cup in 2011 yeah. and 2013. Yes. What's your first EKC or WKC? Which came first, EKC or WKC? WKC. Oh, so after 2013, then your first A-team tournament, I suppose, was the the world champs in Tokyo. Yes. Wow, what a place to make your debut at the (laughs) the Nippon Budokan. So from from how long before, so that that world champs was in uh, 2015, yeah. How long before that did you realize or, or were you told that, that you were going to be part of the, maybe not the, the actual team, but part of the squad? When did you find that out? Um, so the team is announced at the time of the closure of the, of the registrations. Oh, so right. compared to other countries, usually we're about the last to know. Like, um, usually our European friends in other countries, they, they ask us like, yeah, do you know? Do you know? Because it's been announced in our country. And yeah, we're almost the last to know. So yeah, the, the championships took place in May. So we might have heard uh, in March. Okay. Yeah. So in... in, uh, the, in- in the yeah. the run up to that march, how many training sessions or when did the selection process begin? For obviously the deadline is March to submit your team to the International Kendo Federation. But from from then, from before then, how often were you meeting and, and how long was were, were you aware that this was the selection period? It's always the selection oh. period. <laughs> it starts in September with the, the start of the season. 
and it it ends at the when they announce the selection. So usually we don't have summer trainings, but there are a few exceptions. So for example, when we started back uh, after COVID, because there was there were some kind of uh, training windows <laughs> because the French legislation was changing. So we had a few French national team gatherings in the summer. But usually the regular season, the regular pattern is we start in September and it finishes in June. So June is after the World or European Championships. So there is not so much at stake, but from September until the moment they announce, it's like, yeah, every, every training is a, is a selection uh, process. And um, so... Tokyo uh, World Championships took part in May 2015. And the French coaches, they uh, decided to send 14 or 15 people uh, to Japan for um, summer camp uh, in August 2014. So almost one year before the WKC. Mm -hmm. And I was... Uh, in, in the group. So it was kind of a clue that I had my chances uh, wow. because there was another, there, there were two other camps before in 2012 in Korea uh, for, for, to, in order to get the team prepared for Novara World Championships. And I, I wasn't uh, selected for the training camp. Uh, and uh, there was another one in uh, Aichi Kenke. It was in uh, winter uh, before the 2013 uh, European Championships, and I wasn't in there either. So when I received information that uh, I, I, I was selected for the summer training camp in 2014, I realized, okay, so maybe maybe that's my chance, and um, maybe maybe I can make it to go to the World Championships. So even though the selection process started in September, of course, what we did and the way we practiced in Japan in August was already, um, yeah, was already, I'd say, a phase of observation. So you already kind of had a little bit of a foot in the door already at that point to be part of the team. You think you were maybe the managers were already looking at you thinking, all right, maybe, maybe Lena's yeah. um, in, in with a shout. Okay. So that, that was your first trip to Japan for, for Kendo yes. and that, and sorry, where, where was it you went to at that first time? So we did a three-part uh, summer camp. First, we arrived in Nara. Uh, we had some practice in uh, Yagyu. It's in uh, Nara Prefecture. Okay. Um, then we went to Osaka Police. And then we went to uh, Wakayama uh, because uh, Kokushukon University were having their gashku there. And uh, we had the great opportunity, great chance to be invited to take part in some of their uh, gashku. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like one week, I think. So that's how I, <laughs> I uh, discovered Japan. <laughs> right, right. So how, how, did you, how did you find your first WKC then, being part of the French team? I was very honored. I was also very stressed, of course. <laughs> I wanted to make a good impression. I wanted to show that I deserved to be selected. I wanted to, I wanted France to be, to be proud. You know, there's uh, something like uh, you represent the country. So mm -hmm. I wanted to, to show that uh, uh, I I could give a, a good performance and uh, I was worthy to be there. And uh, eventually uh, my sensei, my senpai, my friends would be proud of me. So yeah, that's how I felt. 
that's how I felt. It was tough. I fought in individuals only. I didn't manage to get out of the pool, make out of the pool. Mm-hmm. I had a Korean girl for the first fight and then Sabrina Kumpf for the second fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with Pretty. Sabrina Kumpf, we did Hikiwake. Then we went to Encho because even though it's pools, we still would have and then lost. So oh. I, and I, I lost 2-0 against the Korean girl. So yeah, from a winning perspective, that clearly wasn't a, um, a great, great uh, performance. But uh, it was uh, still interesting because, um, well, that's, that's the level. You mm-hmm. don't go to the World Championships just to, to like, it's not just to wave your shinai and just happy to be here. You also need to confront yourself and to realize what's the level um, there. And uh, so I realized. <laughs> so what, what was, the, what was the, the biggest lesson that you learned then from, from that World Champs? So this is when I realized that I wanted to go to Japan to practice more and eventually to leave in Japan to practice more because I, I really was aware of a, of a gap. I, I thought I was at the international level because I was so motivated and I really wanted to. And there was like my expectations, my, my motivation, what I wanted, but then the reality of the tournaments, the reality of life. So mm. no matter how much um, uh, will you have, then you're, there's the reality of the schedule. And so, yeah, I thought I need to train so much more. I need to get stronger. And if, if, I, if I want to make something, if I want to get results, clearly that something must be done, something must change. And um, well, I thought going to Japan and train very hard with the best in the world, um, that might help me um, be stronger. So that was 2015 then. So when, yeah. when did you come to Japan? Because you studied in Japan for two years, right? Is it two years? Yes. So yes. When, when, did you, when did those two years start? So uh, in September 2017. But before that, right after the Tokyo tournament, I, I went back to Japan in July for a five-week um, tr- training session in Gokushuka University. And I did that again in summer 2016, so oh, wow. the year after. And then in 2017, in August, I don't think it was July, I'm pretty sure it was August, with Marine Vandenberg, who is a, a teammate, we went to Japan for one month again, and we practiced in several p- police. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, travel to Japan to study in September two, uh, 2017 and stayed there for two years. But before that, uh, yeah, I, I organized myself. I saved money, had summer jobs uh, in order to be able to go to Japan in, in the, during the summer vacation uh, to, to train. So just for, for, for those people that are listening, that just in case they haven't heard of it, but Kokushukan University along with Scuba University and Chuo and Horsey and a couple of others, is one of the, the toughest high school, ke- uh, university kendo clubs in Japan. It's produced many all-Japan champions and many Hachidan sensei as well have come from, from Kokushukan University. How did, you, how did you feel about training with the, uh, with the boys and girls there? How did you find it? There is a... Um... There is a kind of a partnership between uh, Kokushuka University and French Federation. They come every year to take part in the French Open. And oh. uh, my, yeah, so oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like Sensei from Kokushuka, they they know the federation, they know the coaches, and uh, uh, many French people have uh, practiced in Gokushukan when they visit Japan. So uh, lots of my French national senpais, they've been there, Pauline, when they're Pauline Stolars, she went there uh, once in summer 
And my sensei, Philippe Labaye, he even practiced there for one year when he oh, was wow. younger. He was um, 24 years old, I believe. So yeah, uh, Claude Prévost also spent there one year and uh, Marika Fournier, who was a member of the French ladies national team, uh, she also spent one year there. So there was nothing new about me going there as a French person. I was just, uh, I'd say, um, another member of the chain. <laughs> but um, still, um, I, I enjoyed that very much. I was, uh, yeah, the, the welcome was very warm. The girls were great. They taught me a little bit of uh, Japanese, a few words. I didn't know anything at the time. So after that, I decided to study Japanese. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the trainings were very tough, for sure. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult. It was very physical. Um, from an uh, athletic point of view. Uh, but uh, yeah, my sensei, Philippe Labay, um, has prepared me on, on this both um, aspects so um, from technical and kendo point of view but also physical because clearly that is not my strength <laughs> so I am very grateful to him he has helped me a lot uh, and still is helping me a lot and because he knows what Kokushikon's training mm -hmm. looked like mm -hmm. he was in a very good place to uh, prepare me for this and so when I went there um, I, of course, uh, it still was very tough. It still was very hard, but uh, everybody was very nice. The girls were very smiling. The sensei took good care of me. They gave me uh, amazing advice, and I really think it helped me getting better. So that's what that was the point. That was the 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 goal. And uh, thanks to all the people, um, it, it was uh, it was a great experience. And also Yuki Sekiguchi, who is member of the current group, he studied uh, the whole um, program at Kokushikan University. Oh wow! So Four year course. Yes. Oh wow. He's born in France. He's, both his parents are Japanese. And uh, yeah, he completed the, the, the degree four years at Kukushka University. So he was there when I, I went there in summer. And he helped me, for example, with translation. Right, right. <laughs> Not only this, we, we, hang, yeah, we could hang out a little bit and have fun. So yeah, really, it, it was amazing. I got... I made friends there. I, I made friends with the girls, some students. We still have contacts. We still uh, send messages to each other. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I really have good memories of uh, this, uh, th those trips and training right, sessions right. at the university. So just going back a little bit, you said after your first WKC that you realized that you needed to get stronger. So obviously there's the, the, the kendo aspect of things. Did you do any other types of training, so weight training or more running or aerobics or I don't know, anything like that to, to get you in, in, a, in a better condition physically? Yeah, I started running um, when I got the information that uh, I would join the summer camp of August 2014. So, uh, uh, yeah, I heard about that in spring, maybe. So I ran one hour a day, every day, from this moment until Tokyo WKC. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that, um, I kept running. I still am running, but not as often as I did at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do weight. Um, yeah, I don't practice other sports. Um, Philippe Labay, so my sensei, he would sometimes prepare some uh, programs uh because running there are of course different type of running so different style different exercise yeah, different way of exercising so yeah he would uh tell me like from this moment to this moment you should try more this kind of running and then you should move to this other uh side uh, of it and so he's yeah he's helped me a lot with this um i'm, I'm passionate about soccer 
since uh, the World Cup uh, in France in 2019. So yeah, I haven't started playing soccer, but yeah, sometimes I I'm sometimes I wonder like if I did. Would that be helpful for Kendo? Would that mm-hmm. would that be yeah of any yeah any help? I don't know yet, but I'm still not doing it. I don't have enough time. If I do someday, I, I will I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was the, the the world champs then. So then after 2015, you went into the the European champs the next year. Yes. Um, so you, you did the European champs in 2016, 17? Not 17. Oh, not 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made a break of the national team in 2017 and then came back. Okay. So uh, I was just lo- looking at the, the results of the, the French team over the past years. I'm just talking about the, the European Kendo Championships here. So to date, up until now, there have been. There was obviously supposed to be a European Championships in 2020 in uh, Norway, I think, but that got cancelled. But so there's been 30 championships so far. Um, so the men's team have won it 23 times out of 30, and only once not finished in the top four. For the women's team, uh, the women's team event only only started in 1993 in Finland. And you've the women's team have won it five times in in that time. Germany, I, I think, uh, have seven victories, uh, kind of a little bit ahead at the moment. But um, that's that's an incredible run, really, for for both the men's and the women's team um, to to have. And, and I should also mention that the women's team, since, since in every, comp, I'm sure you know, but in every competition, every EKC that they've been in. They've not finished outside of the top four, so you've always finished third, got a bronze, silver, or gold. So that's an incredible run, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of support. So French Federation, uh, the Comité National de Kendo belongs to the French Judo Federation. So first, we are very lucky to have a financial support. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's important because uh, if we do not have to think about okay we need to save our money and spend our money and everything it's a comfort we only have to focus on kendo on physicality and uh, mental skills so we we need to say it because it's true and uh, so it's it's helping another thing is that organization well like i told you we have regularly training once a month plus we have the other open uh taikais in several countries in europe so there is an organization that allow us to practice regularly and to challenge ourselves regularly to learn from it and then another um another explanation i think it's the Senpai Kohai thing. Uh, French team has been successful from uh, the beginning. And it's not like when people retire, they completely abandon the, the, the competition thing. They would still look after us. They would give us advice. We would practice with them. And so this is important. It's kind of um, um, like an intergeneration thing that uh, is helping uh, improving the level, building the next generation uh, in order not to have, uh, yeah, not to have uh, a cut or uh, the the link is still here and everyone still uh, is involved in a way or another. And all their experience is is not going to waste as well. They're able to channel that down, I guess, into the into the younger, into the newer people that are coming through as well. Yeah. And we have had some national gathering where the former team were invited. And that's great. Oh, right. So, um, from, you know, Nandadan Sensei, uh, Claude Prevost, Jean-Pierre Labru. Jean-Pierre Labru was captain for many years. And uh, it's not like, 
oh, I'm no longer captain, so I'm not helping the young ones. It's the very opposite. So uh, these sensei and younger members, like uh, younger former members, yeah. uh, Jean-Nicolas Hortevin, Erwin Yonet, Guillaume Sicard, yeah, they, they uh, Alan Soulas, well, I can quote many others. For the ladies' team, we have Sabine Boustalé, uh, Perret, donc, uh, Nadia Soulas, um, yeah, many of them. Oh, Aurelia is... is She's no longer in the team, but she stayed so long and she retired so lately that I do not consider her like same generation, even though she was in this generation. Mm -hmm. But for these people who retired long ago to still come and practice with us and take part in the national gathering, um, it's definitely helping. Mm -hmm. So there was, as I mentioned before, there was supposed to be the European Championships in uh, Norway in 2020, and then the World Championships were supposed to be in France in 2021. And obviously because of Corona, COVID-19, that, that both of those tournaments got cancelled. Uh, how disappointing was it for you to not be able to take, to, to take part in a home World Championships? Well, it was very disappointing. I remember when we heard the news, uh, it was during a, a national team training. So, oh, right. yes, I remember it was in the city of Maison Lafitte. Uh, Axel Diebod was a coach at that time. And uh, after the training, we were still lined up, you know, in César. We just took our men off. And uh, that's how we got the news. So, yeah, we were very sad. I was very sad, mm. um, yeah, because uh, when the European Championships were cancelled, we, we, okay, we were at the top of the pandemics. It, it was uh, unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. was disappointed, but there was no other way out. But for the French World Championships, it was uh, moved, you know, uh, one to one year later. And so we all had this uh, goal. We have had Zoom sessions very regularly. And yeah, we were telling each other, we're doing it for the World Championships at home. We're training for the World Championships at home. That's what we would remind ourselves. And when you suddenly hear that it is not possible to have it, to organize it, then obviously it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm. But that's life. There are other worse things. I mean, mm -hmm. during this pandemic, um, worse things than considering a tournament have happened. Mm. So even though it's very sad, it, it, it is, it has been, and it still is. Of course, we need to remember that there are other things that are, are worse and of much more importance. Yeah, so were you able to still then because obviously there's the, the, the 2022 European Championships only finished last month. So were you still able to keep that momentum going from those trainings? Was, was it hard to keep the motivation together um, in order to prepare for 2022? Were you able to keep training often enough? I don't know what the situation was like in France, but obviously in Japan, um, trainings are still not, a hundred percent back to what they used to be like. There's still um, some of them are still the numbers have to be kept down a little bit, or you have to register in advance. You have to submit health check forms and things like that. Not everything. It's still not a hundred percent back to normal. But how was the situation in in France then for for that? Well, in France, it's uh, easier and easier. So when the season started in uh, September, I think, um, because we have had a, a training in summer, in June or July, it was the first one uh, since, like, we haven't had one in a year. Oh. I, I think. Because I remember, so the one where we were told... Uh, that the World Championships were cancelled was in summer. And then we couldn't have another one until the next summer. So that 
make us to summer 2021, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we have had one training to summer 2021 and then stop in August. And then we took, but we, we got back in September, October. I think it was September, maybe October. And at that time we still needed to wear masks and there was the, yeah, we, we needed to show that we got vaccinated. Right. And uh, yeah, there was some organization like that. But with time, um, everything went uh, into, yeah, the, the regulation got more smooth. Mm. So we weren't obliged to wear masks anymore, but still a shield. And then even the shield is not mandatory. Uh, so yeah, the re the regulation, the rules um, got uh, easier. So we didn't have to cancel uh, a training or a national team gathering since the the start of the season. Okay, so it's it's been kind of I suppose fairly easy for you then to to keep the momentum going, to keep training at a, at a high enough level. In order to well, obviously it worked because uh, both the men's and the women's French team are now European team champions. So congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> so was was this this recent European Championships? Was that your first as Taisho and as captain? So I was Taisho in two thousand nineteen uh, European Championships. Uh, I wasn't really captain. At that time, I was still living in Japan. So I have been two years, I've been living two years in Japan uh, from September 2017 to August 2019. I've been there for my doctoral uh, dissertation. I'm a PhD candidate and I did a research trip um, in Yokohama National University. And so I was still a member of the team, but obviously, I couldn't have um, responsibilities. I, it's, it's normal because I was far away from the team. Uh, but we, I still had to go back um, while I was living in Japan. So I went back three or four times, I think, in two years. Uh, and so in 2019, uh, like when the team lines up, uh, I, I, I was fighting in Taisho position, mm -hmm. except from the final where I was moved to Chuken. Uh, final that we lost to the Dutch ladies. <laughs> we uh -huh. got to the medal that time. And um, yeah, um, in 2020, uh, the championship was cancelled. And it, it was announced that I was, uh, I was named captain uh, in uh, the starting of this season. So September or October 2021. So how did, did that affect you at all, be becoming captain? I mean, how did you deal with that responsibility? Uh, well, um, I have had uh, two great examples of captain uh, Pauline Stolars and Aurélia Blanchard. And they, they gave so much to the team. They were, they were very uh, role models. They were strong in kendo, nice persons. They gave advice. So I thought, okay, this is going to be quite a challenge because mm -hmm. they've done so great and I wanted to do great as well. They are an inspiration to me. They, I still ask them things, you know, I still send them messages and, or when I meet her because Aurélia was um, shimpan. So I still ask them things. I still ask advice from them. And um, I'm happy to be able to talk to them about this and yeah, to, to sometimes share my views or my doubts. Um, I hope to be a good captain. It's not me to say. Mm. Uh, we the girls would say better than I do, but uh, yeah, at least I can say that I realized something was changing. Mm -hmm. That I had a, a role, a part to play in the team, and I made efforts uh, to help the team be successful. Uh, 
And obviously, I'm very, very happy with the results because um, uh, the girls are great. They are strong. And uh, I, I'm so happy of the performance that we did and we got uh, at uh, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. So, yeah, I, I hope that uh, in some way, in one way or another, I might have helped uh, with this and maybe, maybe I have something to do with it. <laughs> so are you going to continue being captain for next year or, or has that not been decided yet? Do they normally change captain every year or...? So this year, this year now we have uh, Nathalie Grossin as a coach of the women's team and uh, we don't know yet. So okay. she... Yeah, she took the job um, before the start of the season, uh, a little bit before, but because we had no gathering, uh, she was uh, uh, joining our Zoom sessions. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the, the, the way the process changed with the coach. So mm -hmm. in my experience, yeah, um, I've had uh, like five different coaches, yeah. And uh, I don't know yet uh, because it's the, the beginning. So I will see um, if we have another chance to talk. I will let you know. <laughs> so you're on kind of the the off season now, then for yes. the French Kendo. So um, what have you got planned for this summer? Then you're just going to be relaxing or doing of some other I'm types gonna... of training. Yeah, I'm going to keep training. Because uh, now that we've won, <laughs> we want to win again. <laughs> mm -hmm. We still have uh, work to do. And um, yeah, the, there was, uh, we didn't get uh, results uh, in individuals for the French ladies. Uh, Luca uh, won for the men, but for the ladies, we didn't get results. So even though I'm very happy, of course, I'm not content. I'm still not satisfied and I still have work to do uh, personally. Uh, so I'm going to keep training. Uh, but uh, also um, I intend to focus on my uh, on the writing of my PhD dissertation. I need to, to make progress right. in the writing. <laughs> yeah, that's not an easy task. Uh, <laughs> So after, well, once you've got your PhD, are you planning to come back to Japan for work? I don't know yet. Or study? What's I don't know yet. Don't um, know. I'd like to become a university teacher. So I aim for the academic uh, career. Uh, maybe, why not, a postdoc in Japan, for example, why not? Mm -mm -mm. Now, I, I don't know yet. I, I need to, <laughs> to write first. <laughs> I was thinking earlier, we were talking about you did the two years at Yokohama National University. I think that was around then. It's the first time we met in Japan, wasn't it? Was that the first time we met at the Gakuren Taikai or was it at the, the Kendo World uh, Keiko Kai? I think you came to one of them, didn't you? Yes, I think it was Gakuren Taikai. Gakuren Taikai. And I think, I think that was that, that tournament, there was you and uh, Caroline and Anna and, um, oh dear, I've forgotten the, the, the names of uh, uh, Mara from the US and Clara, I think it was. I think that was the best result that the, the ladies of the, the, the um, foreign university team had placed in the Gakuren Taika. And that's a, that's a really hard competition, that one. Um, so, yeah, great job on that. Obviously, that, that tournament has been cancelled for the last couple of years for, for COVID. Sorry. But, yeah, hopefully uh, they are planning on doing it again um, in this December, but whether it will go ahead or not, I don't know. Still, maybe it would go ahead without any spectators. Um, but for those of you that don't know about the Gakuren Taika, it's the university alumni tournament. And I think the last one that I went in was actually, the, I, I guess, the, the, the one the last one you went in. There were... 1,200 competitors uh, for men's and women's. Um, the, the men's team is, is, is much, much bigger. There's, there's more men's teams, but it's a really high-level tournament with loads of Hachidan Sensei taking part in it as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, for, for the foreign, foreign university graduates team, that was, uh, the, your one was, uh, was the best result that they've had so far. So hopefully you can make it back 
again <laughs> and, and Caroline and Anna will still be here and waiting for you I think I would love to yeah hopefully hopefully it will go ahead um yeah right well we've been talking for uh about an hour now I think the time has absolutely flown past so uh Lena thank you very much uh for the time uh, that you've spent with us uh today uh, many mm-hmm. congratulations on your not just your but the men's team uh as well as success in the recent European championships and from what you've told me about the setup in the French team uh today I, I think it's quite clear why there's been so much success since well in all of the European championships that the men's and the and the women's teams have taken part in so I guess there'll be managers or, or captains from other European teams who'll be listening to this interview and trying to get some some decent bits of information to hopefully make uh, their teams stronger as well. So, uh, Lena, yeah, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed. Thank you. That's great. Thanks, thanks very much, everyone, for, for listening into this. And uh, yeah, keep looking out for the next edition of KED Talk coming soon. Thank you very much. Bye.